Hey everybody and welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. This is Katie Weaver and I'm here with my co-inker and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Hey everybody. How's Excited it going? to be here. You know, yeah. it's going. Um, I got some new magnets in the mail today. Maybe <laughs> of course you did. You guys, I, I'm weird. I don't know. I've gotten way into fidgety toys and stuff. And I have, you've probably seen all the different kinds of the neodymium rare earth magnets, you know, and all different sizes and stuff. Dude, my desk is covered with them. I have so much fun with them. But my dog, so I got the big ones. They're like this big. They're big. Mm-hmm. And when I pull them apart and they snap back together, oh, my no. little dog is afraid of the sound. <laughs> oh, of course. She looks at me like, what the was that? Yeah, mm. so I've got to get her used to it. Got to get her used to that. I mm. also got today a brand new, really nice pair of Bose headphones. I am so excited. Oh. I had a pair of Bose headphones for a long time, mm-hmm. and I wore them out. Like mm-hmm. they started shocking me in the ear, <laughs> so I had to stop oh, using them. What? Yeah, oh, yeah. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not good. Turns out when that happens, you better throw those things away. Yeah. Uh, so I got a new pair today. Oh my gosh, they're so nice. Noise. Oh. Anyway, so I've had a lot of fun listening to my Bose headphones and playing with my magnets today. <laughs> well, we'll take. It. I was actually working the whole time as I was doing those things as well. But you know, wow. well, that sounds great. I don't really <laughs> want you to get shocked by your headphones. So. <laughs> You know, I went to the store to buy new headphones because mm-hmm. on my other computer, so I have, I have two computers, I have two desks in my mm-hmm. house, and the, the headphones on my other computer have started shocking me in the ear. <laughs> and I'm like, I need to go to the store and get some new headphones because I don't think I should keep using these. And then I walked out of there with some really expensive Bose headphones. But I'll tell you what, when you work in audio all the time, I'm damn tired of buying cheap stuff. I'm like, no. Yeah. I'm buying a really, really nice pair. And by George, I did. Well, then they won't even shock you for a while. So they will not shock me. They're well, also at least Bluetooth, the so they probably won't shock me at all. <laughs> You've yeah. never had hair, hair, uh, earphones wear out and shock you before? No. <laughs> wow. I guess I'm just not like that. I guess yeah. you're not. But yeah, I'm. It's happened to me a few times. I don't know what that is, but (laughs) I I don't either. But something I don't know. I don't know. I just wear them out. Well, I I do so much audio work that I wear I wear stuff out. Yeah. Like I literally wear it out. So all is well here. I did have a little pig incident today. Uh, Mm -hmm. Most of you guys know that I have too many pigs that live in the house with us Maybe. and the backyard in the summer, you know, but mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> oh, I had a rodeo today that you cannot believe. Oh, no. I took our little dogs out front to go potty and the pigs aren't allowed out front because the, the front yard is not fenced and they don't listen. And so <laughs> they don't just get to go out front. Well, while I was out front, my phone was charging in the living room and it rang and I ran back in to grab it. And while I was in trying to get to the phone, Fiona ran out front. Oh, no. And it's not normally like them to try to go out front except for that. She has been sneaking out on the steps while I've been taking the dogs out to potty, looking at all that grass out there. 
because mm -hmm. the backyard they keep trimmed down pretty good because they're always out there grazing on it. Mm -hmm. The front yard is lush with grass and weeds and all kinds of piggy friendly things. And she's been trying to sneak out on there in the mornings a little bit, like getting out on the steps and nibbling at some grass that was growing up. And anyway, so she ran out front. So I ran out front. And <laughs> she saw me coming and knew she was not supposed to be out there. And I mm -hmm. gave her a little whack on the tush, like seriously, a little, you know, mm -hmm. and marched her back to the house. So she reached out and grabbed the most enormous mouthful of grass you can imagine, ripped it out of the ground on her way back in the house with this like head toss <laughs> runs in the kitchen and spits it out. And I swear to God, she had a whole salad. <laughs> <laughs> then she stood in the kitchen and ate it uh, in between bouts of running her brother off because he wanted it too. And yeah. So at least I got her back in the house without any real, you know, yeah, major issues. But that's well, and she, yeah, she picked her lunch on the way in. Yep. Then she got a real nice piglet salad out of it. So yeah. <laughs> well, well, what am I doing giving them piggy snacks? I should just be out front picking grass, right? Apparently, that's but the way she doing. grabbed that grass and flipped it, flipped her head with it, like with a big flourish. It was real attitudey. Oh my god, <laughs> just about killed me. I'll show you. Mm -hmm. But now she knows where the goods are. So I'm going to have to really watch her. But uh, anyway, yeah. yeah. So just, you know, pig farming and shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, sounds That's like fun. The, yeah. But I was so entertained by our case today. Uh, it is, you will be too, I think, all of you. <laughs> so this is a cold read, Christy. So I, I am going to okay. have a, some questions for you about this case. It's kind of a two-parter. Okay. I... Our victim is a guy named Robert Gill. Okay. And Robert Gill was a bar owner in the 90s in Columbus, Ohio. Mm -hmm. He was a partner uh, in, a, had a partnership of bars. These are all uh, bars that were really uh, popular with the Ohio State campus area. Oh, so there okay. was the Out R Inn which is still there in a really popular place. There was also uh, Pockets and Shooters. Okay. You know, original. I know. Yeah. I know. I'm like, <laughs> like about every community has a Pockets shooter. and a Shooters. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, so in 1994, he was murdered. So, <laughs> Robert, That's very anticlimactic. <laughs> right? That's a fun murdered. He was found in the woods about 100 miles away from his home. He had been shot to death. And he was dressed, according to the news, like a ninja. Now, what, what does like a ninja mean? Sounds to me kind of like a burglar. He was dressed all in black and he mm -hmm. had a black... Uh, Balaclava. Yeah, on mm -hmm. his face. Okay. And he had a backpack that had a bunch of tools in it, like tape and a hacksaw and a screwdriver and some other tools. Yeah. And a um, gun. And they called him a ninja? Yeah, that's what the news <laughs> called him. 
He's dressed like a ninja. Yes, because ninjas generally have a gun. Dressed like a ninja. Where was the big sword or whatever? Or the katana, you know? like That would have made more sense to me. A sword or a katana or something. Was he a classically trained ninja? I I don't know, but I don't think that was a ninja. Got it. That is hilarious. Right. He didn't appear to be any of those things. But anyway, that's literally what the news story said about him. But who knows? Anyway. So he was dressed like kind of like he was up to shenanigans. Yeah, you know? he was definitely up to something in that outfit with the with that stuff with him. Yeah. So there wasn't a lot. His murder went unsolved, and there wasn't a lot on his murder. He did have a business partner that was questioned in his murder, but there weren't ever any charges filed. Now the business. How did he die? Like what killed him? Uh, he was shot multiple he times. He was shot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there was one kind of strange thing. Uh, well, a lot of strange things. I mean, hello, ninja. Mm-hmm. But he had a business partner in the bar business whose mm-hmm. name was Martin McNamee. Okay. That's right. McNamee. Got it. Yeah. Got it. And McNamee was a beneficiary on his $600,000 life insurance policy. So there was that. And they did question Mm McNamee, but it didn't really go anywhere. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about McNamee, because he too was quite the dude. Not a ninja, sorry to disappoint. Mm, However, I was wondering. McNamee had quite the year. In 1994, of course, uh, Robert, his business partner, was murdered. In 1995, Martin's home burned to the ground. Fear not. He was fine. He happened to be tied to a tree several miles away. What? While his house burned down. Yeah. Dressed normally, he, as I understand. He dressed normally. Had he been kidnapped and tied to the tree? That's what he says. He told police. That he picked up two guys that needed a ride, and they had taken him here, tied him to this tree, and left. And it was his best guess that they burned his house down. Well, police yeah. look, oh, looked for sure. these guys, right? Well, as luck would have it, they found one of them in the burned out basement, full of stab wounds. Oh, good lord. And deader than dead. Oh, my gosh. Okay. The other criminal was never to be seen again. But he did identify positively this person who supposedly tied him to the tree uh, as the, you know, bad guy that died in the basement from stab wounds. Well, that's rather convenient, isn't it? Yeah. So there was that in 2005. So in two years, there are two homicides that are swirling around McNamee. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, one can imagine that there was a pretty good uh, insurance claim here. I'm sure. Now, remember, he'd already gotten half of Robert Gill's insurance. So oh, he got half. He got half, yep. Okay. So then there was this. So... McNamee managed to uh, stay under the radar after this for a while. 
a while. He, uh, until 2001. And in 2001, his basement flooded and he had a very large insurance claim. And Mm. uh, lots of new stuff and a bunch of money. Well, somewhere along the way, the IRS said, we think this McNamee dude might be up to some bullshit. (laughs) Do you think? So they took a look at McNamee. Well, they found a few things. First of all, they discovered that he was skimming off the top from all three of his bars. Mm -hmm. And he was in trouble. So he was charged with tax fraud and for filing false tax returns and and insurance fraud. He was charged with a few things. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was convicted. He was ordered to pay back Mm -hmm. $680,000 to reimburse the IRS, Farmers Insurance, and Kittles Furniture, who were all defrauded when he intentionally flooded his house in Mm -hmm. 2001. So McNamee was like, hey, I'm sorry. I did those things, but I'm sorry. Okay. So the judge was like, hey, you know, Martin, we all make mistakes. So go on home, chill out, and we'll let you know when we have a cell ready for you. They actually allowed him to apologize and go home until they were ready to check him into federal prison. What the hell? Yeah. He was scheduled to three years, and it looks like he did those three years. but, but yeah, it was enough for him to apologize and they let him go home. Did they ever in any of this have a question about the uh, life insurance on Robert? I think they did. Uh, the reports that I read said that the detective who questioned him in Robert's death was in the courtroom uh, the watching when he was sentenced uh, in the federal case. So mm-hmm. he was keeping an eye on him. I think that he really, they really did think that he was guilty, but they just didn't have a way to prove it. And also what the hell was he up to dressed right. in that stuff and what was happening? Mm-hmm. So of course, Christy, that is the question of the hour. That's the question I'm coming to you with. Mm-hmm. What really happened to Robert? Did McNamee actually have anything to do with it? Or is it just happenstance that he also is a big dumbass? And what was he doing? Yeah. So I'm going to throw all that at your feet. So I I do feel like McNamee killed Robert. Uh, I feel like Robert had figured out that there was some irregularities happening with the money in their bars. I feel like um, Robert knew. I feel like they had... so. There was, there is some kind of element of organized crime to all of this mm-hmm. in which they were getting, they were paying money to someone. They were kind of getting, they were getting a shakedown from somebody. And so they were going to sabotage something. So this wasn't burglary, but it was sabotage. And I can't really like, a, a gas line, something like that. They were going to sabotage something to get rid of this person who was shaking them down for money in their business. 
Um, but it was kind of a setup to allow McNamee to get rid of Robert because now Robert knew like McNamee was doing some shady stuff that Robert didn't really know about. And when he figured it out, McNamee had to get rid of him. Yeah. But there was some other situation going on that Robert thought they were going to go sabotage somebody in order to solve their problem. But it was really a setup for McNamee to solve his problem. So I do feel like Robert was brought to that situation under uh, nefarious information. Mm-hmm. And it gave McNamee the opportunity to uh, kill him. Because he knew he was going to blow the whistle on the whole deal. And I mean, I'm real surprised that there hasn't. Well, I guess he did get he did get caught for fraud, didn't he, on the business? Yeah. OK, because like, I think there's more. I think that they, there's stuff oh, yeah. they still didn't get. I'm thinking so, too. I, I feel yeah. like you're right on with that. Yep, absolutely. And he, he got away with something there between that one and the other one. Yeah. 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 What a crazy case. <laughs> yeah. When uh, I read this well, case, I had to bring it to the table. Do you want, so do you want me to tell you what really happened with the house burning down? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So he really did pick up a hitchhiker and he brought the hitchhiker home to his house and he killed him in the basement and he used him to set up the absolutely ridiculous yes because you pick up a hitchhiker they tie you up then they go to your house where they've never been and burn your house down no he's he created that situation he picked up a hitchhiker and created that situation and that hitchhiker was the poor sod that got picked up that day but i do feel he used him to create that story yeah and he did kill him and then burned the house down Mm-hmm. And then went and tied himself to a tree. Mm-hmm. How anyone believed that story from the beginning, I do not friggin' know. I know. I know. None of it makes any sense at all. And why would you be taught? What, what, what is the purpose of tying him to the tree while they burn his house down? Like, what's the benefit to the criminals? <laughs> right. Right. What do they get out of it. Well, I'm assuming they were burglaring the house and then they burned it down. The, the stories, the articles I read don't say anything about that, but I would assume that would be attached to the story. I don't know. I don't know. But but the purpose of tying him to a tree, I mean, has he right. been watching like, this sounds like old cartoons. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I sure he wasn't tied to the train tracks. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It sounds like something like that. But yeah. no, he, unfortunately, that guy was, a, he set that guy up. Yeah. To maybe I to create that ridiculous story. I don't know. The whole ninja thing and then the whole tied to the tree thing. What the hell? <laughs> but poor Robert, you know, Robert just found out his business partner was uh doing illegal stuff and stealing money from him and yeah. he got killed for it. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Well, there you have it. So uh, um so if you ever hung out in those bars in the 90s, just know that's what was going on behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> yikes. Big yikes. Also, if you've ever wondered, ninjas don't carry guns. 
That's a really good point. Yep. Wow, Robert. Not so much on the ninja skills, man. Yeah, I'm sorry, but you definitely had the wrong. No, it wasn't his fault they called him ninja. That's just hilarious. Like, what? I know. It makes me laugh that that's what they said. Yep. Well, there you have it. That is the story of Robert Gill and Martin McEnany and and all things in between. So we are, it is Wednesday. So we'll be back tonight with case updates. And boy, do we have some weird ones. Oh, we definitely do. Legalities of some of the uh, (laughs) shenanigans happening currently in the Daybell case. I know, weird, Mm. right? Got it. And more. Yeah. So that's happening. Uh, And then we'll be back, of course, uh, Thursday night for the Psychic Hour at 7 p.m. Pacific. Or a mountain, pardon me. And we have some top pop-ups coming up this weekend. Oh, do I have a pop-up for you guys? Holy. I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Got me yeah. really wondering now. That's what's going on. If you want to suggest a case to us, head over to truecrimeparanormalpodcast.com and scroll down until you find the little form. You can find our merch store there. You can find our, uh, oh gosh, what's our thing? Patreon. Patreon. <laughs> yes, our Patreon there. And if you uh, sign up to be a follower of ours, a patron of ours on Patreon, you get two extra shows a month that uh, nobody else gets. So that's pretty fun. So we do have lots of stuff going on, good stuff going on. So thanks to you guys so much for being here. This is True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Take care. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.